0: It's the Jungle Brothers podcast. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Strength, movement, mobility, gyms, people in the park, PTs, we're drinking the coffee, it's Paulie and I, it's mid-lockdown, what are we, third week? Third week, yeah. Third week, this was, this was the, the extra week that was added on and now we're anticipating that there's, it's going to be end of the month.
1: Correct, another two.
0: We, when do we find that out? When does it get confirmed? I don't know, later this week seems everyone just knows, yeah, it's going to be longer. Mm -hmm. But we're here, it's the two of us. Uh, It was a horrible rainy day, but now the sun's kind of come out. Um, Paul and I have just been having to catch up because we don't actually get to catch up as much as we'd like to. Or, you know, or we used to because, uh, I mean, we're not working side to side in the gym anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, now that the lockdown is on, we're not at the gym as much anymore. It's kind of all happening remotely, isn't it?
1: Correct, Amondo. But they can't hold us back. They can't stop us. We'll always get drawn back together.
0: Tell me what's happening um, on your end with the gym stuff. I know that there's changes going on sort of all the time. What's the latest?
1: Uh, yeah, we, uh, we're we just continuing to do, um, you know, what our mission is, which is building strong people, building a confident and uh, adaptable community here, providing that space for that community. We're doing that thing. So, you know, as the changes come in, we just change with them. Uh, we've got our Zoom classes happening, we've got our coaches out there talking to all the members, trying to basically um, meet them at whatever their needs are. Um, We've got an online program coming out uh, for the members only to follow along uh, to bridge, you know, any training gaps. We just basically want to keep people in their routine and moving. We know that it might not be a time where we're making, you know, huge gains necessarily, but we all know know, in this shitty time we've got to stay – um connected with people so and we want to keep moving just for health and for
0: mental health as well so we're just providing the thing it's cool yeah it's it's not uh, i I share that view it's not really i'm not really concerned about making gains in my training Mm. i'm just uh, kind of like it is one time where i'm like happy to be maintaining what i got yeah we normally hang shit on this idea of maintaining because the people that are saying it you're like maintaining what (laughs) but it's like but it's like just keeping it up like moving the joints loading the body keeping your levels of strength getting a bit of a sweat on like three four five times a week awesome
1: yeah totally yeah yeah i'm I'm the same um it's cool i like this time the sessions for myself changes a little bit um and also the sessions say for my one-on-ones can change a bit i mean if you're really set on a goal We can keep chasing that goal now that we're out in the park. Like there's ways around that for sure. But if it's not necessarily the case, it's a fun time to go off track a little bit, explore some other areas and do some other stuff that you can't necessarily do indoors in the gym. Um, And hell, the weather's been damn fine for it. So I'm enjoying it.
0: What do you find in the simplifying of the sessions? Because the outdoor kind of vibe, what have you been going towards? Like what have been the sort of staples exercise wise?
1: um a lot has been similar locomotion has been something i've been going towards uh this morning i was at the basketball court it was sunny as we had the sonos i was with clay from one drop and um it just begs for floor work and you've got space for it you know and you've got lines on the court that you can follow you know you've got a, a wall there so you'll use that wall or that that thing to step up on um locomotion is probably a good one that i've been going to
0: I remember when I used to run the, the original JB classes or one of the original forms at Prince Alfred Park and mm. we trained on the basketball court there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a lot of localization. I love motion. that park.
0: That's a cool park. The basketball court was always so photogenic. We'd be training, the sun would be coming up that's flat. You know, like it would just – just, I, I remember I've got great photos like on the Facebook and stuff from back then. Everyone, you know, everyone's crawling, training, doing whatever. Like it was just a very aesthetic – Vibe.
1: There is a very specific angle in the mornings. Only because I've driven that route so many times um, where you, the sun comes up over the city and over the train tracks. Yeah. Because yeah, central's the tunnel and you're towards Redfern station there. Yeah. So you, the sun comes, it creeps over and it just like backlights all of the cables and the courts comes over the top of the court. It's so nice. Yeah. Even for, being
0: on that court with the train track here and the trains come through, there's something almost like it's almost cinematic. Because yeah, it takes yeah, you yeah. back to like watching films set in the Bronx or, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Speed or, Street. Yeah. 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 It's fucking cool. Oh, good spot. Man, I've been digging. I really go back to kettlebells around this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, kettlebells, rings and handstands. Yeah. I've used, you know, handstands for me, um, for the people I'm training who aren't that into handstands. I, it's like I got one or two kettlebells and it's amazing. You can do, I got like a light one and a heavy one and you can just do. Everything, pretty much. Mm. You can find a way, totally. even if the kettlebell's too light, you can find a way to make the exercise selection harder. So you're yeah, still hitting true. the same part of the body.
1: Yeah, man, uh, there's complexes that you can do that make it fun, um, mix the movements, higher volumes, locomotion with the goddamn kettlebell, we we'll
0: did do a bit of some lunging and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, man. How's, um, how's the feeling of morale around the, around the traps? With the coaches, with the tribe? Um, Yeah, it's good this week. It's good this week. Um,
1: In a way, I think, well, for me, definitely, it's a bit of relief to know that we're, you know, what the next, well, the rest of this week and then two more weeks holds. Whereas before it was just like, it was like that relationship you're in where someone's really stringing you along a little bit, you know? Yeah. So you're kind of waiting for them to
0: make their move. You're like, I know she's um, going to dump me. Yeah. She's definitely, yeah. right? just, I don't want to prompt yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and now that whatever, it's, it's, it looks like it's more permanent, it's, we can all kind of stop relying on you know, the fact that, oh, shit, it's probably going to end soon. Um, and it's like, oh, well, let's just keep going on. So I, I feel very much um, that attitude. It's like, oh, thank God, we're in it for a while. And truthfully, we probably should have been in it harder from the start. If we actually want this thing to go away. To what's necessary, so it's like fuck it, let's do it. At least we can have some clarity there and make adjustments. And I just want to get into a bit of a routine, even for the two weeks. Maybe it's three. I don't know. Get into a routine and just be doing the thing. It was just too uncertain before, you know. So because of that, I think the morale's up and people are like, yeah, well, let's just get on with it, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a from the outside. I don't think people would see the the difficulty in the changing of, of restrictions mm. for a business like ours mm. it's really tr- like for any small business it's really tricky because or actually i'm going to say for a business like ours in particular because we've got so many people and they're they're subscribing to the business they're paying membership and so as the re- as the restrictions change you have to find ways to innovate what you're offering but to communicate that means email social media facebook posts phone calls Text messages on an ongoing basis, Mm. so there's like this lag in bringing people up to speed with, hey, now we're doing small groups in the park. It's only nine people. Like here are the the session times, blah blah. And then seven days later, when maybe you finally started to get that message across, they're like, restrictions have changed. No more small groups. It's all online. And then you're like, okay, guys, new deal. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you know, I was last time it happened, I was in there with you helping with the email, like, you know, doing the thing. Now I see you guys just doing it. Mm. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm like, oh man, it's, it's a stress. I remember what it was like last lockdown. I was like, fuck, you're just trying to communicate to all these folks and you wish you could just have them all here in the gym where you <laughs> normally talk to them. Yeah, It's so easy, right? In a yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to paint that picture because I think for a lot of people, they maybe they just see the they just see your messages and they see your posts and they're like oh guys are doing a great job yes but it's important to know that like there's a bit of a shit fight at times that goes on for sure. in order to allow that to come across clearly
1: absolutely and not uh, not we not even mentioning the uh, the financial juggle that you got going on behind that to help make those decisions so the bloody government comes out with this and and then we're like okay well what does that mean for our business. Um, so we're trying to you know deliver options or, or, or you know an action off the back of that that you know when you're trying to anticipate what's gonna what's gonna happen next so you're trying to action it in a way that uh, makes everything financially viable as well as makes sense for the members as well as for your coaches etc yeah it's a fucking it's a joyous ride and then like you said when they um, they changed, we, we were organizing for the listeners. We were organizing to have outdoor classes as well as Zoom classes, and um, this was something that we were working on for four days or something. You know, getting the timetable change, buying some technology, you know, staffing that out, um, and then just as we were about to drop the news to the to the members um they just changed the restrictions on us and was like now you can only have two people and we just threw that whole idea in the bin so you know we sucked for about 30 minutes maybe 45 and then we're like fuck it what are you gonna do (laughs) it actually kind of made it easier you know so
0: yeah yeah that's yeah that's kind of that's the small business vibe isn't it feelings of futility at Mm. times you're like fuck those last four days were for nothing
1: Mm. what are you gonna do though
0: yeah, that's right. You either go forward or you, you whatever, fall behind and, and yep. things collapse. Yes. So, which, you know, maybe a little bit relevant to what we're going to talk about shortly. Um, I really enjoyed last week's episode with Lex. Me too. She's such a fucking legend.
1: She's such a beast. Yeah.
0: yeah. She's just, I don't know, there's an energy there that's like, like in an openness when you chat with her and it's just, it's, it's really nice to be around. Mm.
1: I'd love to visit her at her gym you know where she works at and 98 98 and you know i don't spend enough time in other gyms and i'd love to i'd love to do that in the next half of the year
0: yeah that would be cool
1: i get some sessions with people just meet with people see what's going on out there you know
0: yeah i think it's an awesome thing to do Mm because man there's so many like little they're like little micro environments Mm -hmm. that yeah you, you, we're in our one here but there's like these cool things going on everywhere and you just pick up little things and get nice little exchanges
1: yeah yeah I'm not sure what it's going to look like but definitely need to go out and um, and see what see what she does firsthand. you know do some of her classes and I don't know what she must she's like is she like a premier female women's coach in Australia or what
0: she does some big names like yeah, I think so well, I mean, I would imagine so. I also know that talking premier, like the people that train, like, you know, depending how you define it, but say training celebrities and stuff, mm. I'll, I've i also known some coaches over the years who work with, you know, A-listers and celebs, mm. and they're by no means premier. Sure, sure, sure. They're just right place, right time, market themselves towards that that niche mm. and then get the connections and then whatever they're in um
1: go on name names joe <laughs> I can't.
0: I can't. i'll can't. tell you one story i had a guy i had a guy who was kind of when i worked at anytime fitness who was bugging me for a job mm. and uh he was a young young dude uh big like instagram influencer back when it was pretty early on in the instagram game mm. and um i got him a gig and he was like, oh, I don't have, you know, I need some stuff to get started. Like, so I was like, oh, look, here's a bunch of programs I've written. Like, you can just take them. And I gave him my spreadsheets and templates. And, and then like, I kind of got an inkling when like 12 hours later, he's posting my templates, like photos of my templates on his Instagram being like, I love creating programs for my clients. And <laughs> I'm like, you didn't even change the color of the fucking like headline, you know? Oh my God, um, that's great. And he went on to become... He went on to become like a really well-known PT, training big-name clients within like 18 months. Um, he was a dog shit coach. Oh. Like, you know, call it what it is. Um, just write his name on that piece of paper there, John <laughs> slide across the table yeah. and I'll say it. <laughs> no. it. But it was just like – but I was like, man, I can't hate on that. Like, whatever. He chased that thing down yeah, and he yep, got to yep. that place. Um, and that's, you know, that's 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 his, his shtick. But I was like – yeah, it's, it's just interesting when you see it. It's like sticking to your guns in terms of quality won't always necessarily get you to a place if that's where you're trying to go to, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. We could, like It's never been the goal for me. It's never been the goal for us to train mm. whatever celebs. But just watching that and then seeing the accolades that come around that and like, oh, wow, this person must be a really incredible trainer. Mm. And it's like, no, no, not at all. Mm. Um, you could find more incredible trainers like in most other gyms, pretty yeah. much every gym. Yeah. Um, you know which i don't know just goes it speaks somewhat to quality within the fitness industry i think
1: i asked that cuz um about lex cuz i thought oh man I, I was sitting there thinking i would love her to pt tash and like my, tash is my wife um she is logistically like we're on the other ends of sydney but it'd be so cool i'd love her to see tash you know once a week or something somehow down the line so I'm like, so books full is really hard to get with Lex. Cause that'd be so cool, man.
0: Dude, that would be, yeah, I, I hear. Cause, cause I, I think she'd be a she, great mentor kind of. Yeah.
1: Cause she's, isn't just one of, she isn't one of those coaches that you're talking about that, you know, whatever coaches, a list is, but is dog shit. Cause she's quality. No. She knows her shit. She's studied all these years and continues to, to, to evolve. And, and then she's got that, that wisdom um, and that eye and stuff that, you know, I can only see from the conversations that we have on, but yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, she's definitely on the good end of the spectrum. Hell yeah, that would yeah. be cool. Yep, man, hit her up. Hit her up. Book a couple sessions. That's all it takes. Yeah, man. Um, T's closing in on a location. I thought I'd just give the people an update on that. I won't say where the location is because he hasn't signed a lease yet. But it looks very. It looks. It looks ninety nine point nine. T so. was
1: here. He'd be telling all the details of it.
0: God, Have he, has he cornered you over the phone yet and give you the rundown?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like a 45-minute spiel. No, no,
1: I didn't get that one. I, I got the 20-minute.
0: I, I got the entire vision. Okay, mad. The, the gardens, the, the way the, the way the sun comes in. Yeah. What you can hear when you're, when you're out on the rings there. See, he the speaks it, He'll
1: speak it into
0: existence.
1: Yeah. He will. Um, no, he's, he's so excited.
0: It's manifesting as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looking really cool, and he's got uh, he's got Pavel, and he's got Scotty, the wrestler and the acrobat. Uh, It's a bit of a dream team, and he's finding more people to bring on board.
1: There's Walshy up there as well,
0: Andrew Walsh. Our members, big dog,
1: moving into to PTing himself.
0: Yep, career change. Mm -hmm. Man, it's actually really exciting. I want I want it to to happen soon, and I want to be able to go there and hang out and be like, holy shit, this is the next chapter of this business hell yeah you know
1: well i'm up there in like nine or ten weeks what for uh we've been planning to be up there in september for a long time um because tasha's new job as a midwife had her without holidays for a year so she hasn't had two weeks off um since she started it's been a yeah so we've known of this september dates for ages and that's uh that's been our plan we've already booked in with you know, our other friends, you know, Eva and Caleb and Sam Davies and stuff up there, going to go and hang out with them and, and T's moved up and it's all just part of one big party trip. But he he reckons that he – he said to me, mate, yeah. I, I said, you might even have that up when we're – I'll be able to come and take a look at it. He was like, yeah, mate. If you're lucky, I think that when you're up there for the holiday, you'll be cutting floor mats with me <laughs> and fitting out the gym. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no way. No, uh, but yeah, 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 it it could be, it could be, it it could happen really quickly. That's cool. When you sign a lease, you want to open up ASAP and, um, yeah, man, he's motivated. He's got his crosshairs out and he's going to kill it
0: up there. It's fucking awesome. Mm. Update on that, which is uh, the Jungle Alliance piece. We had our coaches intensive coming up next month, but due to the lockdown, I've actually shifted the dates. I think I've shifted it to early October. I'll confirm those dates later for folks if anyone's listening who's interested in that you will be updated duly through the social media and through the email but i just wanted to push it because it felt too close to this lockdown and i don't know the lockdown kind of hits pause on a lot of people's lives Mm -hmm. so it didn't seem like the best time to run an event like that coming straight out of the back of it can
1: you tell us like for anyone who's like coaches or aspiring gym owners etc are listening you were talking to me earlier about um yeah T's story can you just tie in what he's doing there into like how that relates to the jungle alliance and then maybe comment on like how you might tell that story because I think that's quite a cool thing that could be coming up
0: yeah yeah for sure well the the jungle alliance in short is the the next chapter of our business the jungle brothers and it's our effort to create a uh, like a union between passionate coaches and gym owners and aspiring gym owners Who believe that they can change communities and change the world through strength and movement and education and community and all the stuff we do here so we're creating a platform that allows all of these these individuals to be connected so instead of satellite gyms where you get a young coach goes and sets up their own thing and Um, you know, comes up with their own programming and own social events and maybe they get access to good information through someone they know or they have another friend who owns a gym. It's like, let's pull all of that information into one place because we're all essentially on the same mission. Now, the beauty of it is is that you don't have to do exactly what we do. You just have to share our values. So it has to be environmentally minded. Um, You have to have, you have to believe that the best training methodology is ever evolving you have to agree with, yeah, a little bit of weightlifting, a little bit of bodyweight strength, a bit of mobility, a bit of fighting. But you can take those things and morph them into whatever your passion is. So you get a, a gym owner that's like, say, here you've got someone like Ty who's a breakdancer. He can create a breakdancing gym that does a little bit of bodyweight and, and strength training on the side. Mm. Like that would be Alliance certified. Um, so we're creating that union. And so in that, um, Tiora is building the first gym that will really be the, the expression of all of that accumulated knowledge that we've amassed over our combined 30 years of owning and running a gym um, to start from the beginning. Because what we have in our gym is really, it's a mishmash of mistakes and hurdles and overcoming obstacles and getting good information and bad information and, you know, to get to where mm, we are. Mm, mm. So that has allowed us to create, like, in essence, like a Bible of operations, all right, here's how to not make the fucking mistakes. T's taking the Bible and he's going to build it from day one and not make the mistakes. Awesome. So what that will do is that will will, uh, demonstrate the template to another young gym owner. They can go, holy shit, all right, this is what it can be. This is how quickly it can grow. This is how fast it can be for a gym to get from a point of opening its doors to a point of breaking even, to a point of the coach making a healthy income, to a a healthy community here of individuals who are um, becoming strong and mobile and having a great time doing it um that's that's what his will be for the alliance so as he's building that we're building out this platform which has a piece of software connected to it the gyms operate they use the piece of software and so it's pretty simple to become a part of all that if you're like that alliance sounds fucking cool i want in there's two things you have to do the first thing is you complete our coaches course and that's simply come in for two days learn everything that we believe it takes to become a world-class coach and learn what it takes to run a successful fitness business. And at that point, we're talking about from a sort of a PT perspective. Mm It's like this, how you build your business, how you do your marketing, sales, programming. All right, let's talk about leadership, community, presentation, all that stuff. It's all wrapped up into two days. Once you've completed that course, the second step is to then apply to join the Alliance. And to apply to join is simple. All you gotta do is submit uh, a presentation to us, either by video or essay. And you are gonna tell us why you think you're a good fit for it and why you think um, you could be an asset to the Alliance and what your dreams are in fitness and how you think that you're the kind of person that could one day lead your own fitness community. And then we cool? go, we go, yeah, cool. You're in or you're not right. Like it's, it's like, obviously like our gym, we only want the right people to be a part of that. And the right people only want to be a part of it as well. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. for them and for us. Um, and that's it. And once you're in the, the platform provides education it provides, um, it provides programming. It provides all of the information you need to go through the different stages of the timeline. So maybe you're a young PT just starting out. It's going to help you get to the point where you've got your 10 first clients. Maybe you've got a handful of clients already, but you're looking to get to a point where you can run some small groups. It'll take you there. Maybe you've doing, done the PT thing really well and you want to open a gym. So it's like, all right, here's the education for that. So the idea is it just fosters those individuals at different stages of the game to get to wherever it is they want to go. And the... the the if we boil it all down it takes the risk and the uncertainty and the money wasting out of it for someone who's trying to start their own business mm-hmm. it's as simple as that it's
1: that's like, so cool that's yeah. so cool wow that was a real jungle alliance um side road we took there um but it makes so much sense and and that i i guess i want to say it to, to so that people understand what the hell is T doing um, and just reinforcing it. he's out there being that guinea pig of sorts. He's going to take that, take the Bible that we have here. We're going to watch him grow and we're basically there to support him and he's like the first guy that does that. Now, you were talking about um, telling his story and I know he made he made one post this week and it got a lot of traction.
0: Um, standard. Just, it's standard. You know, he posts ones every three months. That's right. People give you a lot of sympathy likes. <laughs> hey, it's good to see you
1: back. <laughs> Uh, but Double tap, <laughs> um, but you know it's 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 cool because when you're doing your thing here, um, you love to follow stories and it, it'll be a good one. And uh, you're thinking, you know, it'd be cool to have a media team with him. You know, how do we how do we get in on this little this little build of this gym along with him, like the aspiring gym owner? How are you going to how can do that? Because he's terrible at yeah at doing um, it.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. So for all of his like he's not, he's just not an avid social media user. Yeah. He's always there strength. looking at shit. Yeah. But he's not posting a lot. So yeah, he did make a post this week about him and the two coaches, Scotty and Pavol and what they're doing. Um, but he always, he loves filming things because he loves telling people the story of whatever the fuck he's doing in his life at that time whether it's building his garden.
1: He walks around with the camera and commentates yeah, he and loves, whips it around it's, sometimes. It's
0: almost, like, uh, it's almost like when you know, go that. to a friend's house when you're a kid and their dad wants you to watch the, um, the, uh, the VHS tapes mm. of their four-wheel driving trips. You know, and you're know, you like, what the fuck are we watching this for? Kids out there but are like, VHS? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> Video guys. Um, but so uh, I had a friend in primary school and I stayed at his house on a Friday night and uh you know it's like normally you just play or whatever and then you go to bed and, and then he's like and these dads like get ready kids after dinner we're watching the four-wheel drive videos you're kidding me and man. i'm like what <laughs> like this was my family <laughs> like, four-wheel driving was never a thing obviously and uh i'm like what do you mean and i said to my mate and his sister I had a friend staying over as well and uh, he's like, oh, like dad films all of our four-wheel drive. Like he's got a camera mounted in the front of the car. This is in the nineties. Wow. He's got a camera mounted in the front of the car and we go four-wheel driving and he films it and we watch it. And I'm like, do we have to watch it? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes. Uh, and I just remember sitting on the couch watching this fucking car go up and down along these dirt roads, shaking. I'm just like. This fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm never having a play date with you again. <laughs> yeah. Mate, uh, no, Greg, never again. What a um, legend, that dad, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> zero fucks given. Yeah, I'll exactly. probably, probably be like me, what, making Leo's mates watch my fucking blue belt competition matches on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I was a killer on the map. Check this shit out. <laughs> Look at where I submitted this guy. Oh, watch this, so watch good. this. Oh, Anyways. Oh but yeah, so, so T, T loves filming things. And so, what I'm thinking is, whatever, say a month from now, you know, when like he's going to be building, it's going to take a little while, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up there mm. and I'm going to try and capture a bunch of footage with him, mm. like a bit of interview stuff and a bit of footage of the build and whatever's going on while, while I can. Mm. And then I'm going to try and tell that story using the combination of interview footage and chatting um, with him as well as the old footage that he's shot over the months, weeks. Can be done. Yeah, I think it can be done. Totally. I, you know, I, I'm trying to turn myself into a bit of a content creator in that regard because I do think the story is really entertaining and really informative. Hell yeah. I think like us talking about stuff here in our gym, like if, if you're also running your own gym or you're thinking about it, I think it's really nice to just be on the ground level with that as it's happening so you can pick up these little nuggets of – um, yes. wisdom and exposure and understanding. So that's my goal, is to try and tell that story and create a YouTube channel around it. Dude,
1: I can't wait.
0: I mean, and featured on that, uh, like I've spoken to you about, would be you and what you guys are doing here. Like all of it, because it's all, all working relevant. really hard. It's know? all relevant. <clears throat> yeah, flat chat. Flat chat. Palette of beers over here. <laughs> um, but it's all relevant stuff to people who are trying to do the fitness game.
1: Yeah, I don't know if anyone... Has the – oh, fuck, I'm sure someone has. We just haven't seen it. Someone's got a YouTube channel for their own gym, I'm sure. Uh, I think I've seen some of the MMA gyms definitely do. I mean, they got heaps of characters there at MMA gyms with lots of camaraderie, so pretty funny. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, the, the content world's funny, right? If you if – you, I think if you have an inclination towards it and you just do it, it becomes a thing, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it can be hard, right, for us. You're so busy, the idea of like – Hey, let's make a little video, and then one of us can edit it and post it on YouTube. It's like, who's got time for that? Yeah. But now, like, well, no, this is important. This is a story to tell. Yes. And that's that's a, for me. That's a real um, part. I'm passionate with the alliance idea because what we're talking about now speaks to this thing, which is what you do as a small gym owner inside your four walls will never be known by anyone except you, you and your members. Mm. And I think for a lot of gyms out there gym owners that we know who are doing incredible things it is um it's not good enough that other people don't know about it like Mm. the fact that your message is not inspiring people on other sides of the world or um other gym owners you know in your community other trainers giving them like letting them see what you're doing and, and influencing the movement of fitness i think like like it, your, what you're doing needs to be leveraged in that way because it's it's special and it's unique. Should be shared. Yeah, so the, the alliance gives that opportunity because it allows some coach in some gym that's doing cool things to be able to share what they're doing with the rest of the alliance.
1: So it's going to be a, an accelerator
0: in a way. Yeah, like it, it's it's a way for us to shape the, reshape the face of the fitness industry from the ground up. Fuck yeah. I want to change his face. Yeah, I know. It's exactly what I thought of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to reshaped the face. Um, mad. That's, yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. does. Um, and there you go. And Tiora Ward is up there fighting the good battle with a good team. I really want to get into the film industry stuff though. Let's talk about it. What so, do want, What do you want to talk about?
0: So I wanted to explore our past job, which if you heard in the previous episode, we, we touched on it, T-Paul and myself.
1: Can I interrupt? Please. I've never had this on all the podcasts we've ever done. I've never had to go for a whiz that bad that I actually had to go. You go. Why don't you give people a bit of the background (laughs) while I run down, try not to
0: dribble it all over myself, (laughs) while I'm in a rush, and then I'll rush back up and you just lay the landscape. All right, dribbles. All right, I'm gone. But, um, (laughs) mate, don't rush too bad because we've all had accidents. So here's the thing. Paul T and myself uh, originally came from – well, we came from our mother's. But our working career after school was in the film industry. So we all got into it through kind of different means. Uh, Paul and I were good friends growing up. We knew each other from primary school. Our, our, his older brother and my older cousin were best mates and they kind of hooked us up as kids. So we used to skateboard together back in the day. Paul got into the film industry through his brother Moses, who was a, a gaffer, which is like a lighting, kind of like a lighting director. So you have a lighting department. The gaffer is the big boss. Then they had their next in charge, which is the best boy, and you likely would have seen the title "Best Boy" on film credits. Been like, ah, that's a funny one. Uh, and then you have lighting technicians or assistants, sort of beneath that. They're like the foot soldiers. Um, I got into it through my cousin Emma, who Ben's Ben's sister, um, because my family had has a bit of a place in the film industry. So we both found our way into it. That was where we met T. And so for many years, we we're kind of working. Sometimes together, but kind of parallel to each other. And I guess we were in it collectively. I was in it for about 10 years. Paul was in it probably for about 12 years.
1: 17, bruh.
0: Seven. Oh,
1: fuck. The time was
0: all done. Right, decent. I'm back. T was probably not far off that as well, I'm guessing. Maybe a Mm. bit less. Mm. Um, But so we worked on TV commercials. We worked on big movies. We worked on small, shitty movies. All sorts of things, you, you're a freelancer and so you work, you work with some different gaffers, some different lighting crews. Sometimes you're the gaffer, but usually we're working underneath one. And um, you go on out working on these jobs and basically living the Hollywood life. Anyway, <laughs> it's quite, when you tell people that, they're like, oh wow, that's quite exciting working in the film industry. And in many ways, it is quite exciting. Uh, I do look back at certain parts of it very fondly, but there's also parts of it that are just shit. Um, However, that's kind of like any job, to be honest. Um, you hope that the good days outweigh the bad. But what I think is, what I wanted to kind of touch on today um, is some of the lessons that we learned and how our time working in that industry has kind of equipped us to be able to do things now. Um, one, I kind of find it kind of nice to reflect on that. But two, I think it's very relevant for people who are maybe coming into the gym game just to see a little bit of what, maybe what's required. Uh, because some of these skill sets or some of these sort of lessons that we learned without them I think that life could have been a lot harder running a small business such as the one we're running without having had those lessons would you agree
1: yeah I'd agree yep yeah Um, I always you know tend to look at the positive side of things I mean hindsight's great for that Um, but yeah there's definitely shit that we learned and um, that just made the hard times here more manageable and you know COVID is kind of very good example of of that having this thing change in front of us last year really the hardest time was like hell what do we do with it now and what does it all mean and going from having a gym that was running for many years in one mode and then all of a sudden it's like first time in forever it was shut for like so long and things were very different and it was like how do you react to that I think the film industry definitely uh, helped us through through that alone um, but yeah along the way for sure um, I I enjoyed my time there as well for sure you I've, loved it I, I loved it yeah for sure and, and I I'll always be grateful for the time I spent there because of those lessons that I learned and the people that I met and the experiences that I had
0: it's definitely unique. Like you can't, you're like for whatever it is, for whatever like you've, it's like, it's kind of a privileged job to have had, because it is so unique and it's very niche. Like it's not like there's a lot of opportunities to get into it. Mm. I do think that it's like it's a spe- you think back, you're like, man, there's some cool stories there. Mm, mm. Tell me, like, give f- paint a picture for folks. Uh, like working on a big movie, what's that setup look like? The team. The work hours, just give me a little brief on that.
1: Um, yeah, working on a on a f- feature film, um, they could go anywhere from three to ten months long, probably average at about five, six months. Um, and these are movies that are, you know, costing over $20 million and, and beyond and
0: well beyond. Um, I mean, some of the big ones are hundreds, right? Yeah, Yeah, 150
1: hundreds. mil and stuff like yeah. that. Um, well, probably that was when we were in a... Since it was left, like, well, this one's like, hundred milli. Yeah, exactly. Now it's like... It's that's now like way more than that. That's like a student film now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd you'd have these big teams in each department, um, huge studios, big sets, long hours. What kind
0: of... Like long how? Like what time are you starting?
1: Um, well, they're like standard 10-hour days with overtime. Um, and it doesn't sound that bad for many people that do 10 hours with overtime, but... There's always overtime, and they, and it's not like you're going to the same office every day. It's like uh, there's hours around the hours that you work, including travel, eating breakfast on site before you get there. Um, this weekend, friggin- was
0: breakfast not included in the work hours? It wasn't, was it? it it's, it's like it, they it's Half you of breakfast. our
1: time, half of their time. Yeah, right. So it's like a half an hour. It's like yeah, yeah. Plus, you know, that type of job. There's a lot of. Um, Free time that you give to that job, and it's simply what is just understood to get the job done and to stay working well with the team. Which is, you know, you get there fucking way earlier than you start. What time you start, and you open things up and you get ready for the day.
0: Put the beers on ice. Put the beers on ice.
1: Yeah, that's it. And and then you go to breakfast. So you know, they're long ass days, and often you're driving out to locations, fucking finding out where they are. Where do you park your car? Um, they've got car parks and they might be down the road and you catch them shuttle bus to the friggin' breakfast tent and where the, the base is. And it's just – it's long ass days and it's sustained over a long period of time. When they shoot these films, they want to get them to out as efficiently as possible. So when you're in working on one of those films, it's like that is your main priority in, in life. It, it, well, it's the only way that it can really exist and they seek to use up all of that time um, during that shooting period and they, they really know how to schedule the shit out of it. So, yeah, you're, you're just working at a high level for a sustained period of time. It's rather taxing.
0: Yeah, you, you, and you could say that for the period of the five months you're on that film, there's nothing else going on in your life, is there? No. Like it's, it's – maybe you get a short weekend – yeah, but often you're working Saturdays, which means you finish <coughs> late on the Saturday and then it's really just you got you wake up late on a Sunday and you fucking get a few hours of sunlight.
1: Yeah. Anything that you are doing outside of uh, that in your life, you're not doing it very well at all. Yeah. You're 100%. doing it very poorly because <laughs> it's just you just
0: can't do it. Relationships
1: included.
0: Yeah. So so that's Tough kind of stuff. that's kind of the demanding aspect of the schedule and I guess the one of the things that, always, that I always come back to is being adaptable with a completely chaotic schedule. Like I know for me, like I did my taxes recently and my, my accountant's like, so, you know, what, uh, what's, you know, like, where are you at right now? Like, what's the setup? I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing a bit of PT. And then, I, you know, the gym was paying me to fill this period, but it's not anymore, but I got this other thing going on. And, mm. and it's like, it, it fucking changes every six months because mm-hmm. my schedule's different every 6 months. If I go back like 18 months ago, mm-hmm. I was coaching here like mornings if I go back, you know, 6 months before I was coaching nights. Nah, like it's there's this there's this dynamic nature to like how our days operate. Mm-hmm. And I know like it's it's been it's done it's been, it's in a, a stage of um, being dynamic again, say with T and I no longer being employees of the gym and mm-hmm. you've taken the helm. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's changed again with COVID, right? Like every time these things change your schedule gets thrown into disarray. Mm. And I think for a lot of people working other jobs that are a little bit more consistent and a bit more standard, they don't really have that. It's like you start at nine, you finish at five or whatever. Start at six, finish at fucking four. Mm. Um, I don't really think about it though because from all those years in the film industry, excuse me, just belching, from all those years in the film industry, our schedules were so all over the place. Like you're at the whim of whatever the schedule is and wherever the location is and you're just like changing the times that you get up and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. It it was never solid.
1: No, it wasn't. Um, And when I think about it, it it's so funny how you always think of – you always dream the grass is always greener. It would be so good to have a nine-to-five. Oh, yeah. Nice, just go to the same place all the time, know where you're at next year. Next next week next month and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, you still feel that. I still feel
1: that. Still feel that a bit. I mean, this for me is is amazing. Coming to the same place all the time. Being this is Jim.
0: This is the closest that's been in a long time for all of us, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it also comes down to I think like is it personality types? Is that the you know or the way you're brought up or the way that you kind of operate as a person? And you, in terms of like some people can handle. A chaotic schedule better than others. Maybe they grew up in a more chaotic kind of uh, environment, and they're used to that sort of thing. You know, some people just can't keep still. They don't want to be in an office like they know that inherently from the beginning.
0: Oh, T could not be in an office.
1: T could not be in an office. <laughs> um, but uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I guess. But I think I mean you're right. I do think that upbringing has a part to do with that. But I think like if you can make it, if you can make it through the film industry as a freelancer Mm. with just being at the whim of the work yes and adapting your life around that I, i think that it that just conditions you to just be able to handle whatever
1: yeah it's it's definitely good training um it's a it's a bit like um you know this idea of seeking discomfort type of thing so um you know if you want to evolve or you want to get better at um say problem solving and figuring things out then you need like disruptors you need catalyst things to change things up little bits of you know adversity to to figure out and it's kind of like doses of that all the time so it's like uh what have we got now you know what job am i on now where's this next location Fuck. and then you know to go on to a shooting day itself and on set and the actual act of shooting it's like oh the weather's coming in okay the schedule's changed change the plan guys
0: into the studio
1: pack everything back up we're going back to blah 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 um, so there's, there's uh, definitely – Hey, guys,
0: next week we're switching to night shoots. Correct. We're on nights for the next fucking three weeks. Yeah. You're like, S- cool.
1: That's right, yeah. So what? You had plans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did not give a shit. Yeah, um, yeah it's definitely – it definitely gave a good base for, for that. Like, it's like anything, I guess, you, if you haven't spent time around something – it's hard to have when that, like a, a kind of mode of being, like if you haven't seen that sort of chaos before, the first time that you see chaos, you're like, whoa, this is intense level of chaos. Um, but if you've had an exposure to it and you've learned how to deal with it then you know, when chaos comes around again, you're like, I know what this is, I recognise this. Um, it's not as bad, I've seen worse. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is how, how you deal with it
0: yeah I mean, I, I think, well, where's the relevance in operating a gym? Mm-hmm. Right? I think to your situation, where it's like you're the head guy here, you're the, you're the boss, you're the leader, and whatever's happening, you have, to, you have to fill the gap. So say say right now you coach uh, you do sort of more PT in the mornings than you coach classes in the evenings, mm-hmm but say something fucks out in the mornings and you lose your, co- your best coach. And you're like, oh, I gotta take the morning sessions. Mm. It's like, okay, cool from next week or from tomorrow, I'm covering mornings, I've, made, I've called all my PT people, I've shifted them, my sleep hours are now changing. Tash, this is what I'm doing, dinner time's changed. Like, and you just do it, like, mm. no problem. Yeah. Whereas I think for a lot of people, that's maybe not inconceivable, but it's not something they've ever considered. Yes. And I think when you're coming into <clears throat> a small business, i.e. you want to run a gym, you have to be ready to be able to make those changes and not whinge about it. Yeah, that's true. Because your coaches can tell you, sorry, I can't, I can't do those classes anymore for whatever reason. Mm. And you have to be able to go, hey, man, no worries. I've got it covered. I'll cover it from tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true what you said. and I can't, I'm thinking, what? why is it that I would react like that whereas someone wouldn't react like that? Um, like I would be first take uh, up arms, say, to get that – to keep delivering on that level. But um, say, you know, there's the option where someone might go, oh, we'll just have to cancel those classes and We're just going to cancel. Like where, where's that mentality – there's a big difference between the two.
0: Well, there is. I mean, I think obviously as the leader of this, of this organisation – Mm. The mission of the organization is the most important thing.
1: <clears throat> well, that's that's why I was kind of getting to, which is, um, ha- like say having a, a greater purpose or a larger mission or having a goal set. You know, because I I having that in mind, as you was mentioning that, I was thinking, why would I do that when I know, like, the option there is to, to cancel things and you know, and people might take that road, for, you know, to take the easy way out for any. Shitty situation or, or, or yeah, change the sh- that comes the shit up. Gyms. Yeah, but um, yeah. Immediately, I thought it's probably because Sorry. I know there's a bigger goal, and it's like there's no way this is gonna be that way because we've got other things to achieve, or I've got you know personally, I've got you know I, I want to continue this gym growing and delivering that service and getting the coaches upskilled and having that attitude too, and you know realizing everything that we want to do with Jungle Alliance and stuff. So, um yeah
0: i think that helps yeah i mean it's uh, you would say like it just doesn't even enter your mind does it it's Mm. like no 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 the show goes on cool what i need to do the
1: show goes on that's kind of a good way of putting it because that's also relevant to the, the film industry stuff the show must go on
0: dude i think back to one one pivotal moment in the film industry uh which was it was on a job we're on together so we're working in new zealand we were on Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. We'd been shooting for, <laughs> I don't know, a good few months. And we, had, we were shooting down in Christ uh, Christchurch. Mm. What were we, we were like 90 minutes out of town or two hours out of town, shooting on this mountain top. And we spoke about this on the last episode, um, that the mountain was, we had to the whole crew that was shooting up there, had to get helicoptered from the base camp. So it took us two hours to drive from, from our accommodation to the base camp. Then you, have, you had your breakfast and then you get in lines and they had two or three helicopters that were ferrying like groups of six or eight or whatever up to the mountaintop.
1: Arthur's Pass. Arthur's Just Pass. Remember.
0: Yeah, Amazing fucking place, right? Mm. Like unbelievable. And obviously a logistical nightmare. So leading up to that shoot, and we were up there for what, maybe a few weeks or something or a month? Mm. It was a good stint. Mm-hmm. The, there was obviously a lot of preparation in terms of what equipment had to go up there. And I remember we were we had to get all of the equipment helicoptered up there, and we had a couple of shipping containers helicoptered up there full of, full of equipment in preparation for us coming to shoot there. And I remember at that point talking with the gaffer, which was the boss of the lying department. Don't need to name names. Shout out Scrawny. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was like, oh, mate, this location, like there's no way we're taking anything above a 6k up there and a 6k is like uh, you know a, a medium-sized lamp for us isn't it yeah and you know a 6k is it like doesn't
1: do much in the outside on a mountain
0: yeah and it was like look guys this this location is so remote it's it's so fucking windy up there the even the the idea of us bringing up a lamp bigger than that is just is an absolute no-go because if we put something up we need we need fucking heavy duty stands. We need to have everything tied off with heaps of guy, ro- like robes.
1: It was basically snowing while we were fucking up yeah, there. Yeah, it
0: was like, look, this Sweet. is just a rugged location and we're just going to make do with what we have. And it was like, oh, beautiful. Like we got a limited package, lightweight stuff. You know, not everyone's going up there. Just just the essential shooting crew. This is going to be awesome. And the uh, 6K is like about the heaviest lamp you can carry by yourself.
1: Do we take a big boy up there in the end?
0: Well, I remember the day when <laughs> the the clouds rolled over, and the director of photography, mm. who's the you know the boss of how the, of the camera, was like you could see him talking to Sean, and he's like, I think you could hear him muttering, oh, "We're going to need a bit more light in here," <laughs> and we're like, "Oh shit!" And then Sean jumps on the radio, and he's like, um guys, what's it going to take to get an 18 K up here, (laughs) which is like three times fucking bigger than the six K. It was the lamp that they said we'd never need. It's fucking heavy duty. You need huge power cables. You need multiple men to carry it. You just, it's, it's a shit fight. And I I don't know who I was with, who I was standing next to all the time, but I'm like, surely it can't. Sean said nothing bigger than a six (laughs) K. And then Sean's like, guys, we need to sit. We need an 18 K up here. I need an 18 K. Let's just get it Now, and I think the best boys like, ah, oh, Sean, like that's going to take, like, we're going to need the helicopter. Like that's going to take some time. And Sean's response was we need a fucking 18k up here or we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's a fucking leadership call. Everyone <laughs> heard, like, We need an 18k or we're dead. And it was like, get a fuck. And then it's like, and then it's literally like the whole crew yeah. is like, Guys, we're waiting on the lighting crew here. We're waiting on the lighting crew (laughs) they're just bringing up some lamps. Okay, hold shooting until we can get it. And it's just like fucking battle stations, it's on. And I was just like, holy shit, Sean just like, he just broke in half (laughs) to the whim of the director of (laughs) photography. Yes. like, and I mean, whatever, fair enough. But that it was, was
1: their first film together, and he didn't know him that well. And
0: oh yeah, yeah. And he was a big was time. That was Don McAlpine, right? Yes, he was like world famous cinematographer. It's like, mate, the
1: guy shot White Man Can't Jump. I mean, White Man Can't Jump. I'm pretty sure. And Predator, and Predator. He, yeah. yeah, he did some
0: shit. <laughs> Aussie guy. But it was just like He's it was man. just we we we're the foot soldiers, and our leader has just like um, keeled over, <laughs> <laughs> and um it's it's a, it's a situation no. of mm. the show must go on at whatever cost make
1: it happen so what did we do you got a better memory than i do
0: i think penny organized it penny penny Mate,
1: made he organized
0: everything it was like ah oh, because so penny had been the been rid- so it was like ah right, we get to pack the thing and fucking sling it to a helicopter and fly it up here we'll make it happen and whatever i mean it's amazing right what fucking trucks what a <laughs> what a team of what a team of like motivated diehard foot soldiers can do Mm. when the leader says, this is what has to happen. I think prior to that call, we would have said, no, it's impossible. You can't have an 18 car. It's too windy. It's too treacherous. Mm. And fucking 30 minutes later, we got one and we made it work. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's that, it's that thing of like, you can do the impossible. Mm. What was, what was seemingly absolutely out of the realm of reality is now happening.
1: God, that's a, it's a good story. That type of stuff. Um, I probably like uh, those type of scenarios where you couldn't, something couldn't happen, but then happened probably happened a thousand times in the, t- you know, oh. during the, that, that time. But I, you know, it's hard to recall cause it, it does happen. You know, you fucking put a lamp over water and you couldn't imagine that happening, but it's like, yeah, just get the guys, build the decks, get the crane, Put the power in, get an electrician, ground it up, do all the safety. They just, they just do it, yeah. Fucking get it done. You just do it. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's incredible. That was taking me back. I remember when Penny, we had the 100K. So we were talking about 618 with the 100K soft suns.
0: Which was the biggest lamp I've ever laid my eyes on. Have you ever seen anything bigger than that?
1: Um, well, yeah, it's, I think that would be the biggest the biggest physically, it was a shit design by it's the way. It's a
0: hundred thousand Watts. Yeah. The globe was eight foot long.
1: But it, you know, it didn't actually Required. put that much out. Like it, no, it, it did, it did, but it wasn't the best design. Cause the, what it was housed in was fucking like a tank. It was pretty shitty and it wasn't, it was made for matrix I think. And Panavision just shaped it out with all of their workshop and it was great, but it was quite a lot of stuff that went on behind that globe to actually get it somewhere. The big housing, big stands, freaking big cable. It runs, had three big stands inverters. for
0: one for one lamp. Yeah. And the globe took two people to, to, ca- to get it out of a case oh, it was and then carry it with fucking design. white cotton gloves and mount it.
1: Yeah. And um, we had to move it across the battlefield at the base of this mountain that Joe was talking about. And, um, you know, it was like loading it on. I don't know if we were using uh, fucking, what are the Manitou's to move it and stuff like that. But um, Penny got the, the helicopter over. He was just like, what's that helicopter doing? I'm going to come over here, throw a sling on it, throw slings on this thing with the stands and all <laughs> and just like slung it around. They just chopped it and just lifted it and just basically moved it in a fraction of the time from one end of this place to, to the other end of the battlefield. It was masterful. Fuck, he's a legend. He's so good at his job.
0: Do you remember the first – so Penny, Coming onto that film, shout Penny, amazing guy. Mm. Do you remember, so the, the the soft sun, that lamp was a bit of a thing for us coming onto the job. It was like, oh, we're gonna be using the 100K soft sun on this gig. It was like, oh mm. what's that? oh man, it's 100, fuck, that's a big lamp. And it's like, guys, this thing is enormous. It's kind of like, um, it's like, it's like you're in the military and they're like, hey guys, we've invented these new laser guns. You guys are all <laughs> gonna get them when you get deployed. You're like, holy shit. It's like, <laughs> right? Like it's like new technology. And uh, the the thing about it was, guys, this lamp is so big, you can't, men, like, you can't be moved by hand. You can only move it with a forklift or like in the studio or if you're out on location, it's a Manitou, which is like
1: – A like forklift a on four-wheel drive
0: with exactly. telescopic arms. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, and we were like, holy shit, that's serious. They're like, yeah, so it's the kind of light where it gets mounted before the shoot, you put it in place, and then if it needs to relocate, it can only happen like overnight. Mm. so it's like we're like okay cool like it's kind of we're not really dealing with it it's more of the the rigging electrics guys because they're going to come in and do it when we're shooting and i remember i remember <laughs> that fucking bush that we're in like that that jungle it was when we were doing the, the day. F- river you we were doing the day for night, mirror i think or okay. something like that we we're doing okay. the day for night shoots yeah with the white witch or whatever she was called mm. and uh it was like Wow, there's the soft sun, it's mounted over there. Look how big that thing is.
1: We'll shoot around that light. Yeah, right guys. <laughs> and,
0: and Sean was like, boss man, Sean was like, we're just gonna have to move the shoot accordingly because that lamp can't move. And then obviously somewhere through the day, Sean had a conversation with the cinematographer, Don. And uh, next year on the radio, Sean's like, we're gonna need to move that soft sun. And we're like, I think, I don't even know if I it in. Like as a junior, I'm like, oh no, we can't Sean. It can't be moved by hand. He's like, we're going to need to move it right now. I need guys over there. Let's move it. And we're like, we're, we're not, no one's meant to touch it. And <laughs> it's like, find a fucking way, pick it up and move it. And, it. and we did. And it was like six guys managed to fucking move this thing.
1: And that's it, the precedent basically for the rest of the time. It's like once you move it, then it was just moving all the time, which meant we had more people on standby, more gear, etc. And, you know, that's, that's it. That's what you do. That's the point. That so you're to make.
0: <laughs> I fucking, I mean, you just know, like. Throw bodies of money at it. Yeah, and backs. <laughs> like vertebra. Like vertebra was sacrificed. As a young man in that game, I'm like, yeah, I sacrificed discs in, yes. order, to, in order to fucking impress. Cartilage was ground the, yeah. dust. But bringing that back to what we do now, mm. I think there's really something in that that was, that was hyper-valuable for us, which is like you come to an obstacle that is seemingly insurmountable and then it only takes one team member to go, no, we can do it. And you're like, oh fuck, okay, we can do it. Like, and T, T you know, I could, I, I could say T is, has often been that guy because mm-hmm. he'll often like, you know, cause sometimes you think, is the cost worth it? Like, do I want 10 guys to go and bust their fucking spines in order to move that thing? Mm. And for the leader, Sean, he's like, yeah, hundred percent. I don't give a fuck about their spines. We're getting the job done. And it's like, I think back to like, when we, when we moved into this gym location and there's like the, the cleanup that we did Oh you think about that couple of weeks and you're like, man, some of that shit was ridiculous. Where you're driving a forklift, I'm in the bucket of the forklift. We got fucking spray suits on, like breaking bad meth producers. And we're spraying, we're spray painting the walls like with fucking like an air compressor. Yeah, like just, you're like, how did this shit end up happening? But it's like, what? Well, it got us to where it is. Mm. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe those tasks are not immediately as insurmountable. But there is an element of, oh, can I be bothered yes, to do yeah. this? Do I really have the energy? Yeah, And it only takes one person to go, well, you have to. And then you're like, oh, I got the energy.
1: Yeah. And um, I guess for owning a gym, like if you don't know what it's like, uh, it's like a small business for any, any small business. like you have limited resources, uh, including limited people. Um, and you've got many hats to wear and you've got many things to look after. And in any t- t- day or part of the process of building a business or running it, something just can go wrong and, and it often does or, or something just changes and it often does. In the build, you know, you got to save money. you got to do what you can. Yeah, we're painting this back wall. We've got to do it now. We didn't foresee that happening. But if we don't paint it now, it's near impossible, and more costly later. So we're staying back late. We're gonna, We're going to ring up a painter friend of ours and get him to come and help us. Figure out how the best way is to do it. He's going to teach us how to do it. And then we're going to go off and he's going to check in on us and we're going to do it ourselves. And, and yeah, it's, uh, and then it comes down to, you know, when you're running the gym itself, like you said, if something happens to a coach, you know, your your service and your products, it's still going to go out and the show must go on. You just have to find a way to do it. Um, and small business isn't easy and it's not for everyone, um, but you have to, possess that ability to roll with the punches or you need to adapt to that and learn how to roll with the punches and it's a very never say die attitude when you're starting up for sure because if you if, you know if you lay down when the first bit of adversity comes at you then you're
0: just, just not going to make it no you're, you're never going to make it mm. and i mean that's the i i often think that there's also a bit of a there's also a bit of a, a, an expiry date on that. Mm. Like you think about, say, the COVID thing and the lockdown and this need to come up with solutions to, you know, newly imposed problems. If you'd been in the game for 30 years and you were kind of coming to the end of your tether a bit and the government's like, hey, you've got to shut your gym and everyone's doing the online thing and parks and whatever, you'd be like, I'm f- oh, fuck this, I'm out. Like mm. it would be very, it, you know, potentially be very hard to get the energy up at that point. There is like a, yeah, maybe expiry date's not the right way to put it, but it's not the case that you're necessarily always going to have that tenacity and drive to go, all right, I can overcome this. Because Mm. sometimes the juice is not worth the squeeze. Mm.
1: Yep. And uh, I guess if I circle back to the idea of having, uh, you know, your goals in place and your purpose in place and being aware of that, that helps for you to make that decision about the squeeze. Because sometimes, like, for instance, in that, in that story told about the light moving, like, the, it's the squeeze isn't getting much juice for the person squeezing. But it was necessary for the person who was going to drink it. You know, they only needed a little bit. And I, I'm probably explaining that wrong, but, like, you might have to, like, for instance, right now we've got to squeeze really hard just to maintain the tribe. You know, and we're not for the effort we're putting in. It's it's just about survival at this point, but it is worth it for us in the long run because we want this place to survive and we want to keep growing beyond these tougher times or these uh, times of lockdown. Um, but if you don't really want to uh, keep going, or you, you know, you're not looking to build a greater community with Jungle Alliance and whatnot, maybe you would lie down and just go. Ah, you know what? Let's not do this anymore, that, that first lockdown.
0: Can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. And Yeah, I mean, that's... Take there's, up the there's, chess. There's, there's, uh, there's cannon fodder in that process, isn't there? And not to be um, derogatory about it, but it's like you lean on the coaches through a time like this. You're like, guys, I need you guys to do... I need you guys to be reaching out to the tribe. You know, like everyone's got to push, like everyone's got to g- contribute towards getting us through this thing for the sake of the collective, mm. like for the sake of the organisation, which is Sean going, hey, guys, go and dust your discs for me, sacrifice <laughs> your spines so that the lighting crew doesn't get a bad name and Don's happy. And it's like, <laughs> all right, we'll do it, you know. But there are times when, when you've got to lean on your people to make shit happen.
1: Yeah, he was on the up and coming um, at that time, if I think about it, because he – was doing – yeah, that his first big American film was the one before, Stealth. Yep. And Classic then film. he got the call up for this one and Don McAlpine to have a relationship with him who had, had a relationship with his gaffer for – and still, yeah, for how many years? Decades and decades. So it was like, ah, oh, opportunity there. So he was there to please. He was never saying no.
0: No, it was all yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was the noise. That was the noise. Um, Peniaku
0: shouts, shouts. Such a good guy. Yeah, one of the great characters of the Aussie film industry, or at least of my time and exposure to it. Yeah, he's pretty famous, like infamous. Everyone knows him, even if they don't know his name. They're like oh, that Tongan guy. Yeah, that's right. Fucking legend. Peniaku lower. Um, get out of his way. A bit in that. What about like the? Uh, what about like the managing? the managing uh, relationships piece, like being in a team and that whole thing. Cause there's a lot of like with the demanding work schedules comes tiredness comes irritability. And when you're working with other people, like you are in a gym here, Mm. it's easy to let that stuff get on top of your times, become a bit snappy, let relationships between you, you know, between you and teammates fall apart. Mm. I found in the film industry, that was really prevalent. Like, the need to, like, not let shit fall apart. And it would. You would have, you know, you would have little run-ins with people, little arguments, but mm. then you would kind of naturally try and patch it up.
1: Because the show must go on.
0: Sure. Well, and you've got to be working alongside each other, right? That's right. It's a lot harder if you hate each other. Yeah, it is. And you, you always seem particularly good with that. You're a hard kind of shell to crack.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I mean... F- Whatever. I, I dealt with things, I guess, my own way. I'd hold on to things and then I'd lose it, you know, at another time. I'd just be really pissed and take it out some other way. But, yeah, I was, I was very suited to foot soldier, show must go on type of vibe. So I'd always be upbeat and can do and just making shit happen. I, I enjoy all of those
0: challenges. Um, <clears throat> all had big, big dreadlocks, big thick dreadlocks back then. Yeah. And it'd just be him in his jeans, always in jeans, For running around, time. the dreadlocks just streaming behind you because you're always <laughs> running to the next thing. And I'd be like, Paul, what are you doing? And you'd be like, oh, I'm just doing, taking care of that. I'm like, fuck, Paul's always onto something. You're <laughs> always always moving. preempting something. Yeah, I was usually sitting down. I'd be like, man, you want to sit down and have a coffee? You're like, no, I'm working, <laughs> bro. Okay, cool. <laughs> they call me Jaguar. Some people
1: call me Jaguar. Really? Jaguar. Jaguar. Because I'd, I'd be running... I'd be running in set with something. Yeah. I was eager to please all the time. You were. Still am. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Definitely. That's how I rose to the ranks, bro. It's true. One of the best. But <laughs> did you have did you have those did you have blow ups with teammates? Um uh did I? I'm sure I did.
1: I remember once going off at JK. Yeah, for sure, I did. Um, you, people have told me I'm passive aggressive, and I tend to agree. Um, I definitely did. I have my own way of getting things done when someone won't do it my way, which is, you know, I'll I'll often just grab the shit off someone and do it myself. Yeah. You know, and or I'll come in and yeah, I'll I'll take over, take over, especially when I was you know in more of a managerial role in some of the bigger teams, you know. I would just grab the gear and do it myself and, and show them how it's done type of thing. But yeah, you had lots of run-ins.
0: Which is kind of necessary on a on a job like that that's very time sensitive. Yes. It's it's not about us maintaining a group. It's about fucking do it. Yes. Like two minutes ago.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, there's, no, there's no meeting or email that goes out. It's just like get it done. Um, but yeah, there's definitely run-ins and you have to learn to often put those personal differences aside to get the job done type of thing yeah um yeah and it's tough tough to do um ultimately it broke a lot of people's relationships you know or it it brings out the worst in people any adversity does but also brings the best out of people which is the magic thing about being you know uh kind of facing a huge challenge or, or that you have to overcome um, so yeah, fucking witnessed lots of blow-ups. Um, I don't know if I saw any blues. I probably did, but there's some legendary ones out there where shit got physical.
0: What about me and Russ in Tamworth? You saw that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It wasn't really a blue.
1: It was a blue. It was a it was a drunken
0: scuffle. Bear
1: that was swinging for the moon, and you were just sliding underneath like. Mayweather around the belly, yeah.
0: wow, just pulling my strikes. Could have knocked you out there, <laughs> you out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fat bastard. That's, <laughs> that, that's right, that, that's the type of thing that
1: you know, these jobs they build up, you get built tension and stuff. And I guess you know, then you're out on the turps, then you're out on the terps, and, and then, then it blows up, <laughs> and then it blows up. Exactly, that's what happened. That was that was an old versus fresh, fresh yeah. faced, new, new kid. Smart ass.
0: Yeah, there's a bit of that. I got that a few times. I obviously gave off that vibe. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Still do.
1: Still do. But, um, you know, I don't I wouldn't say that um, we have become experts at any of it, you know, and, and the relationship stuff, but I guess it's experience as well. Like if I think of, you know, it's just experience. You've you've seen those things, so it's therefore more familiar to you and maybe you have learned bits and pieces whether you've acknowledged them or not, yeah. the more you're exposed to stuff like that, you do get better over time, hopefully, at dealing with it, if you reflect on it. Um, yeah. How do you say that?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I guess you're never really experts at, at any of it, but there's a lot of inbuilt or inherent behaviors that you adopt when you're in that setting and you have to maintain relationships and, focus on the job at hand that I think is very relevant to what we do now. Perhaps communication is not a big thing there. So it's not like you ever get a chance to really communicate, hey man, I've been feeling a bit of, you know, ill will towards you or whatever. Like you never have those chat. We never had those chats back then. That's something that we've adopted more recently now where it's like, you, you the job is the most important thing and you get through the obstacles and you find solutions for them. And then when the time is right, you you reconvene and you're like, hey man, I need I got a bone to pick with you. I got to tell you, you mm, know. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's that's uh, a thing. But I, I really like the the idea of getting the job done and putting the work first. I think that that's been something very pivotal for us, and it's like to our, you know, r- relative success, and to be able to just like suck up your own ego. Like maybe you wanted to come up with the solution or maybe you wanted to be the one that put it to, It's like, no, no, your solution's good enough and this thing's urgent. Yep, I'm behind it. Mm. And then to give your full support of it and mm. to go, all right, I'll back it. Yeah, Like that was always something that stood out in the film industry, which was, there's a time pressure to everything. There's a crew that are shooting. There's actors that are on set. It's fucking happening now. Oh, the power's gone out. Okay, we need to fix this like fucking immediately. Mm. And there's a hundred different ways to go about fixing it. So at some point, you have to just go with someone's decision. Like, this is what I think it is, all right, let's go. And you have to go, yeah, good enough, action. Did we fix it? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right, it's not about, well, let's toss up the pros and cons of the best approach and then let's decide together on the best one because your ideas are important as well. Like none of that matters. And I think that that's – I always – I think I've mentioned this quite a bit over the years with us, but I think that that's always been a real strength of ours, which is to go, yes, your idea is good enough. Let's go.
1: That's a really good um, – <clears throat> yeah, that's a really good point to make. And I, I can't help but think about um, in, the, in the industry that little thing that would happen would often happen with um, – when you're in a rush and something so simple as a cable run, um, and I, I'll give the example like – um, you know, we've got to get uh, fucking... We're shooting here at the front of the gym. We've got to get a lamp onto the other side of the street. And you're like, uh, okay, well, how are we going to fucking power that? Oh, well, we're just going to put cable ramps across the road and throw the cable. We need to get it there, like, as soon as possible. And you're like, no, really, we should fucking get that second generator, take it around there and and have that next to the lamp and that would be better because then we could move it if it needs to and but you decide to just run it straight across the road and you know and i'm like well well fuck it you've started it and and let's do it you know and i'll just go with that example um with with your with your call there but then um it becomes evident that it's going to be moving more and more we don't have any more cables so it's like fuck joe well look uh, i can can see this is going to happen Let's go get the other journey around. We'll bring it over, get some cable in it and have it on standby. There we will run it out next to that lamp. And when we get an opportunity, we'll switch it off. We'll turn it, we'll, we'll switch it off. We'll recable it and switch it back on again. And they won't know. We just need a little window of four minutes to let it cool down and then switch it back on, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like you had already started. We didn't have time to argue. We're going to do it that way. Then we're going to reassess it. And then we're going to make a plan on how to change it so it's better and more serviceable. There's more longevity to it. And then we're going to have the plan for the transition. We did it. Boom. It's done. And we cleaned it up and there's no harm. And it's like, okay, we learn for the next time. But yeah, that, that happened all the time with cable runs and shit.
0: Totally. You know? and, and you could argue like, yeah, you could be like, oh, but what if? And it's like, we don't even have time to have this conversation. What if? Yeah. Idea is good enough. It's coming from you. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But let's then get up for this shot and exactly, double, double down and get it. Yeah. And that double handle, triple handle thing yes which is not always the most efficient way to go about things but in that situation it works really well so i think like in our it, here decisions tend to be less um immediate mm. than that but there still is an element of that it's like all right let's go and then we can reconsider it afterwards and then make a, a transfer as needed
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: that's exciting stuff i uh, every time we talk about this i feel like we could talk more and more about it um We'll close it up there for today because that's, that's been a good chunk for the people. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting to look back at what you've done in past careers and think about how that's, how that's influenced what you're able to do now. Mm. I was actually thinking it would be cool to do an episode down the track where we talk about other jobs we've had because I know that there's been some other jobs outside of film, small little stints here and there that would be kind of interesting to reflect on and see what they've given us.
1: I have done nothing else but film. What else did I do? Didn't you work at the filler shop?
0: Yeah, I did. About that, sure it you done some other shit in there somewhere. Yeah, you almost F- became Trump. a cameraman.
1: I also worked at a hostel. Yeah, but yeah, for sure, it's a gig. It's a gig. Big shout out to, to Pickleball chicks. Oh. Big sh-
0: <laughs> working in a hostel. Enough said. Big shout out to Panavore. Uh, We're drinking their coffee today. I was training Tree this morning. Absolute legend. Guys, get over to their cafe if you can. They're open through lockdown. Go get some takeaways. Get yourself a sandwich, the Joey special. Um, If you need anything from us, junglebrothers.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot. Post it on your IG. Tag us at Jungle Brothers Movement. That's our Instagram account. Uh, We appreciate you helping to support the show. And uh, we hope you guys are holding down well through the lockdown. If you need training solutions, we have... Over five classes a day going on. So get in touch. It's all happening online. If you've got a computer and internet connection and a piece of floor space the size of a jail cell, you can participate.
1: Correct. Lots of good work can be done from home.
0: 100%. Keep the morale high. We've still got at least another couple of weeks in this thing. We'll see you guys next week. See
1: you